Well, good morning to all the apes out there here. We're going to give it a couple seconds, allow some people to join this live here. But while we're doing so, we can certainly lament the fact that the beautiful holiday weekend that we all just enjoyed has officially come to an end. Cyber Monday was pretty sweet. I hope you guys got some great deals out there. There's a lot going on on Amazon and in between. It turns out that Amazon actually isn't the only store in the world. I just learned this yesterday and waking in a quick target run. I was trying to buy a Christmas tree for my apartment here, one of those fake little trees. They showed up and the thing had a $275 price tag on it. I mean, these people must be out of their minds. But either way, since this holiday weekend is over, it's got us thinking about the next holiday set to come up. Towards the end of the year, Christmas, Hanukkah, and everything else that comes along with that that you might be celebrating, and especially New Year's Eve. Now, New Year's Eve, personally, that's got to be a top three holiday, at least here in the United States. In addition to the 4th of July, Halloween, all the other fun ones like that. Who doesn't love some New Year's Eve? We're certainly looking forward to it. Um, you know, but in the meantime, we'll definitely have a lot of stuff to talk about over here. All right, so it looks like we got some people hopping in. Uh, so once again, good morning to all the beautiful apes out there. It is officially Tuesday, November 28th, 2023 at 11.34 a.m. We're going live here this morning. Now, I know we are live a little bit later than we usually go and much later than we like to be, but markets are off to a hot start here this morning. We've been seeing green print all day so far. Hopefully that continues for all the bears out there. Uh, of course, we are coming at you live from the Daily Field Global Headquarters, as always. Location still undisclosed, but let's go ahead and get into things here because we have a lot to talk about today. So, still kind of in recovery mode from the big holiday week that happened last week, so not exactly a whole lot going on. No major economic releases here today. We will get Case Schiller, but that is an absolute piece of garbage. But I did just get some good news this morning that Redfin is coming out with their own home price data that's supposed to be a lot more current than the Case Shiller data that essentially tells you what happened three to six months ago. But either way, we did get some housing data yesterday that we'll dive into down below. We got a not earnings reports, but we got a lot of strong reactions to a lot of names related to you know the holiday season going on and everything else along with that. A lot of fun stuff there that we'll get into. Then finally. Amazon, you know, arguably the king of innovation in Silicon Valley or in Bellevue, Washington, I guess I should say. But these guys, they turned football into an even bigger consumerist nightmare than it already is. So we can't wait to talk about that at the very end here. All right, well, let's see how markets did yesterday. So another Pinot Noir day, a nice uh, light red. The Russell 2K led the losses with a 0.33% loss. That small cap weighted index indicating that, you know, yesterday was a large cap day. Not that they performed well, but just that they performed a little bit better. Speaking of performing well, all the room temperature IQs over at WXO Alpha managed to keep our heads above water, but just barely did get a five basis point rip yesterday. I mean, just absolutely incredible. Great stuff from the guys over there. I mean, putting up big numbers, and I think we found the next Jim Simons on that team over there with numbers like this. But... Moving on down below to the treasury yields, they were pretty much equally as boring as overall equity markets were yesterday. Uh, we had about a 10 basis point move lower from the 10-year yield to 4.4%. The two-year bouncing around a little bit as well, still just chilling below that 5% level. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. Now, there were a couple of banana bits, a couple other stories that we wanted to highlight that we didn't get the chance to cover yesterday. Uh, looks like the Wall Street Journal is calling out some regional banks that may follow in the footsteps of whether it's an SVB or one of the other ones that actually got purchased and kind of got saved, like First Republic, getting saved by J.P. Morgan and a consortium of other banks, Wall Street Journal is definitely expecting a lot more of that to come into next year. So be on the lookout. Maybe uh, a regional bank stock might get acquired at a premium. That is about as hard to believe as pigs flying, but still could be some opportunities there. Maybe some short ones for you bears out there. But either way, moving on to the other story here, investors are continuing to bet on interest rate cuts. 
kind of, not really, but they're certainly betting against higher for longer. We're going to talk about that in tomorrow's edition as well. We're going to kind of dive into the rate situation, see exactly what's going on, and we'll be talking about that here on this live tomorrow. Definitely hope to see you there for that. Let's get into some houses, homes, and of course, hope. This is probably the first time in quite a while that I've been able to write about the housing market in a somewhat positive way for the millennials, Gen Z, all the young home buyers out there. So we got some data yesterday related to new home sales. Now, they do have to split out home data in the U.S. by existing and new for a large part because the markets work very differently. But for new home sales, this represents about a fifth of the overall housing market. So consider it a nice microcosm. The rest of it is typically going to be with existing homes. But as we can see down below, we can dive into some of the data that was given out for us. So medium home prices dropped to 409000 in October. 2% decline from September, but a massive 17.6% annual drop. Let's go ahead and take a look at exactly how that looks on the chart. So what you're seeing here is the Federal Reserve of St. Louis, one of the most boring and murderous cities in the United States. They, of course, report on, uh, they give us the FRED database, I should say. And as part of that, we have new home sale prices. So this is the median for new home sales across all of the United States. Recall, this is a hugely regional market. So aggregated data is mostly kind of noise or creates kind of a good narrative. But if you're somebody who's actually looking to get in the home buying market, definitely check out your regional stuff. Don't worry about this whatsoever. October 2022 happened to be the absolute peak of median sales prices for new homes. So that's why we saw such a tremendous drop because we're coming off of literally the highest base that we possibly could. So continuing to see this downtrend isn't too shocking. Uh, it's not exactly shocking to see the degree of which on a monthly drop, I believe it was about 2% or so is what we just said. On an annual basis, that's of course ridiculous, but it more so speaks to the height of the valuation of homes of new homes that were seen last year rather than the actual drop-off that we've seen this year. But either way, we're definitely seeing a good trend for prospective homeowners over the next decade or two here if we see prices continue to roll and move lower. Now, that does somewhat disincentivize home sellers from actually being able to sell, but the good thing about selling a home from the home buyer's perspective is that the marginal seller is a lot of the time forced to sell. You know, they have another kid, get another dog, they need to move for a new job opportunity or something like that. It's not always a choice when it comes to actually selling uh, your home. So seeing prices drop, yes, that'll disincentivize selling, but the magnitude is much further on the demand side. So it creates a lot more demand there. Uh, and we, you know, of course, we'll actually kind of see some activity respurn in the housing market, especially if this trend does continue. But of course, the biggest thing kind of impacting that narrative is going to be this chart over here, also from Fred. This is the 30-year fixed mortgage rate average in the United States. Keep in mind, this is if you have a good credit score. So if you have a bad credit score, maybe double this or just give it to the next guy, of course. But we can go ahead and check things out. Now, Fred is a little bit late on this kind of stuff. Uh, there are other sources that publish it more frequently. Now, they do have the November 22nd data coming in at 7.29%. Of course, it depends on your issuer. It's very regional, very credit score dependent as well. So you're going to want to look at this more specifically. But this is largely kind of a primary reason as to why we're seeing this. It's kind of working in the exact opposite of what we usually do. Much like bonds, home prices and interest rates are supposed to move inversely. If interest rates rise, home prices are supposed to fall. If interest rates fall, home prices are supposed to rise. We are seeing these rates start to fall off. And as we do, we're continuing to see home prices fall as well. That speaks to a couple of different things. One, of course, being the frozen nature of the housing market, as it's been for the past couple of years. And this is all driven from there being an intense lack of supply on the market. That really is the big thing. Home builders have been absolutely terrified to do what they're actually named and go out there and build homes since the GFC. Uh, they've been quite scared to do so. 
because of you know all the losses that took place in that decade in the preceding decade up till you know right up until about the coronavirus uh pandemic quite honestly but either way uh we're starting to see these companies start to actually come back into the game and build homes a little bit more that was another interesting data point that we got yesterday it was building permits increased 1.8 percent from september after falling 4.5 percent in the previous period Building permits is a great kind of underrated indicator as well, because this is showing when municipalities are actually issuing uh, or actually permitting home builders to actually go ahead and start building those homes. So essentially what we're seeing here in building permits is a trend of future supply. Seeing that increase, it's great for all the home buyers out there. Home sellers, maybe not so much, but maybe they'll build you a nice new home that you can get into. The very dynamic market. As for most Americans, they keep most of their wealth stored up in their home. This is the most important asset class here in the United States. So it's definitely something that we want to pay attention to. Uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of years going forward. But shout out to anybody out there desperate enough to be trying to buy a home right now. I'm sure it's not a fun process at all. Wish I had some better news for you, but we'll definitely keep you updated. Let's move on to some big moves of the day yesterday. So first and foremost is going to be a firm. Everybody knows that Americans love spending money. We talk about this all the time. Oh, it's our national pastime to go up there and throw dollars at whatever new good or service it is that you want to buy with every win. But it's a great time now to be a buy now, pay later company as a firm and the market learned yesterday. So essentially what's going on here is the market is reacting to strong kind of Black Friday and weekend data from the holiday shopping season. The assumption is that a lot of people are using the firm because although Americans love spending money to buy goods and services, what they really love to do is to not pay full price when they're actually doing so. And so that's what a firm likes to do. And of course, a firm is certainly hoping that uh, a lot of these people are going to default or get their interest rates run up so that they can actually make a decent spread on that. But either way, market's pricing very high performance from a firm this holiday season. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what actually happens. But of course, place your bets now. Moving on down to Shopify. I mean, I don't even think this requires any kind of explanation at all. It's exactly what I just said for a firm. Shopify being the digital commerce provider for a lot of small and medium-sized businesses out there, their sense benefit pretty greatly from the holiday season as well. We'll see if it actually happens, but Mr. Market certainly is confident. Moving on down below to Albemarle, I mean, down over 6% on the day from the world's biggest lithium provider. Remember a couple of years ago, everybody was hopped up on lithium and like sand and a bunch of like random stuff like that, but... Either way, being hopped up on lithium turned out to not be so good. Much like being hopped up on cocaine, it comes back with poor consequences. And that's exactly what we saw yesterday with Albemarle. Now, this looks like it's part of the overall clean energy EV uh, kind of conundrum that's been going on. We've been seeing those stocks tumble pretty much all year. Now, Albemarle being the biggest lithium provider in the world, with lithium being extremely important to electric vehicles and other clean energy systems, they're getting caught up in that mess as well, and they're getting dragged down with the rest of the team. Moving on down below to Octane, one of the most embarrassing business mishaps of this year, let's call it. Uh, we'll, we'll call it a mishap. We'll be nice for now. But one of the biggest mistakes seen this year, Okta is still having a tough time recovering from a security breach. You know, for a security or for a uh, like a personal identification company, you know, it's to get hacked. It's very much like watching a police station get broken into a raw fire department that burns down. You know, anything else like that that you can think of. Uh, it's like a, the owner of a restaurant going hungry or something like that. Like, it really was pretty much the worst thing that could happen. And JMP Securities came out yesterday and decided to just stay with their chest for the rest of us. They said that Octus brand has been significantly degraded. Branding is a huge thing in the cybersecurity industry, of course. It's what, you know, the, the importance of the brand is obviously going to vary from industry to industry. For example, 
you're not really going to care what brand made your, you know, the the cup of the coffee that you're drinking. You really don't care what brand made that, but you're probably going to care for your security provider that's the reputable brand that has a strong performance. Seeing that company itself get hacked is pretty much the worst thing possible. I'm honestly surprised shares are only down 4.05%, but we'll see how that uh, performs going forward. Moving on down below, let's get more into the consumerist nightmare that Amazon has created in the United States. And the United States has largely been a consumerist nightmare since credit cards were invented back in the 50s and 60s and everything, but Amazon has really come in and taken that to a new level. I think that's been Jeff Bezos's major contribution to society, is making Americans even more insufferable in that consumerism and materialism. But going on down below, what we saw on Friday was some pretty cool stuff. Now, it was great to see uh, the Dolphins beating the Jets. Personally, I hate both of these teams. But as a diehard Patriots fan, I can't really say much because, one, we're terrible. And, two, we had probably the most boring and pathetic football game of all time on Sunday against the Giants. It was absolutely terrible to watch. But either way, I certainly hope you're a Dolphins fan if you're watching this game. Or at least that you got some sweet deals on a lot of the stuff that Amazon was advertising throughout it. That was really the big story here that we wanted to shout out is that uh, actually, here we have an image of one over here. So this is from Eric Coyle, PhD on Twitter. No idea who he is or what he does, but he did tweet out this image that really represents what we're talking about here today. So this is a screenshot of an ad from Friday's game uh, with the Dolphins against the Jets. As you can see, it's just a normal advertisement until you look in the bottom left corner where there is a QR code. So what Amazon is essentially doing is streaming games on its own streaming service and showing QR codes where you can go and buy the product in the advertisement right from Amazon's website, creating a nice, and I hate to use this term, but a nice flywheel. You know, we hate using business school terms over here at the Daily Peel, but this is the first time in human history that it might actually be a relevant word. So we might as well use it when that actually happens. Now, that was a real big story of the day, but it was also very cool to see that uh, we were seeing ads, 30-second ad spots going for about $900,000. That's just about double what they typically go for on Thursday nights because this week was Thursday night football on Friday afternoon. So always interesting. Doesn't have to make sense at all, like we always say. We're here to make sense, not sense. Now, uh, it was just interesting to see how advertisers were kind of increasing their demand. Maybe it's because of the optionality to put the QR code like this on there. That definitely drives value for that, especially when... Everybody is switching between paying attention to the game and checking their fantasy team on their phone. Might as well just scan a quick QR code, go straight to the website and press buy. Takes away all that labor of having to Google something and actually go to Amazon and, oh my God, and scroll through a bunch of different things. It's just such a terrible and laborious process. So now, thankfully, we can point, click, shoot, and buy. Exactly like Jeff Bezos and probably George Washington always intended the American people to be able to do. Now, we'll see how much Amazon made up Black Friday football. Will Black Friday will Black Friday football happen again next year if this is going to be a continuing thing? Amazon does have Thursday night football through 2033, so they can definitely put it on Friday. Hell, they can put it on Sunday, Tuesday. Who cares anymore? Days don't have to make sense. Let's finish up with a quote of the day from Norman Ralph Augustine, basically saying, if stock market experts were so expert, they would be buying stock, not selling advice. Very good point. Why would somebody who's so good at doing something be giving you advice instead of just performing that skill and making themselves rich based on that? Makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, shout out to all the financial advisors out there, as Mr. Augustine is definitely out here throwing shade. But either way, thanks for staying tuned for our live stream here. It's 11.48 a.m. Finished up relatively quickly now, but we'll see you guys tomorrow. Like I said, we'll be all over interest rates, a whole lot of stock moves, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, we'll hope to see you guys there. Have a great rest of your day. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis.
If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time. Thank you.